Hello and welcome to The Rundown. My name is Alaa Dirini and joining me in the studio today are Rundown producers, Samal Fee. Hi, Samal. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. <laughs> how are you? And Yasmin Vasili. Hey, Alaa, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Um, coming up on today's show, we'll have an interview with Dr. Alaa Ajith from the Department of Petroleum and Energy Engineering at the American University in Cairo and to, to talk about solar energy. So that's our topic for today. But before that, um, we have a few topics from the news in science and technology and I want to share with you guys. Um, our first topic of discussion is Samsung. Samsung, of course, is a, is a South Korean company and um, is recalling the new Galaxy Note 7 phone worldwide because of a problem with its battery. And um, people are, are complaining that this, these phones, they're reporting that devices are catching fire while charging. And this is really, really dangerous. Um, and the phone sales are, are halted so far. The company is offering customers free phones to replace the ones, the old ones that they already bought, which are 2.5 million already. Wow. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, uh, Samsung has been having problems since forever, so... Yeah, like Sama said... Um, like not specifically Samsung also, but I feel like batteries and phones in general have been exploding over a couple of years now. And um, there are a lot of stories being shared now on social media about how to like not use your phone if it's being charged and so on. Um, personally, I've experienced this with my grandparents. They never want me to touch my phone if like it's charging. So I really do know what they're talking about right now. Yeah, I personally have a bad experience with the Galaxy uh, uh, 4. Um, it used to heat up my cheeks by the end of a phone call, so I just switched to iPhone uh, now. Um, we don't mean to be biased to choose a, a company or whatever, but I feel like um, companies are getting way too competitive to you know kind of sell more and become more popular, and they're they're paying less attention. They're paying less attention to the to the quality of the phones and the things that that they're producing. Um, because you know it's it 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 has also been said that thirty five uh, their claims came to the company and about twenty four devices were out of every million had a problem. That's a lot of money. It's a crazy amount, and I also heard that they were apparently giving new phones to kind of make up for their mistakes. But I feel like that doesn't really make it right. I mean, the customers were promised something, so they should get it. Seriously, when is technology ever going to change? Oh, speaking <laughs> of, maybe women can find a solution. Um, there's a, there's a very uh, promising um, news n- news piece here that's saying that um, more than half of engineering and bachelor's degrees at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, MIT, are is going to women. And and federal data shows that that women are are joining more uh, science and technology majors in around the world and in the U.S. So that's a good sign because now there's a there's kind of a movement towards a more uh, you know balanced um, you know educational system where where men and women are doing the same things and same jobs and yeah yeah wow that's that's equality right there uh, I mean some people are confused about the definition of equality well to me uh, it's um, it just being equal with men, men and women being equal, not women being better than men or less than men, just equality. 
Yeah. Yes, I want to build on what Sama said, uh, the misconception of, uh, like, woman empowerment, that women sh- uh, should be, like, superior to men. That, like, I just completely disagree with that. And um, honestly, it's really good to see women trying to empower themselves through their careers. Um, I mean, even here in Egypt, you walk into an engineering department and there are barely any women. But I really would like to see that change, you know. Um, I feel like women should do what they want. And men too, of course. But um, since we're talking about women, women should feel free to do what they want and not just be told that they have to go into specific um like uh, majors like you know fashion or marketing and so on and so forth yeah of course it's always this bias that that there are some jobs there's some majors that are reserved just for mm-hmm. men and, and not for women and and that's a misconception i think that that even even now like educators are trying to um, implement that that ideology in universities that uh, no matter what obstacles you face there are some biases of course and they will still persist but um, classmates and teachers and and anyone within the the you know the university or the community should accept this change and kind of work and just stop the stereotype. <laughs> yeah, of course. I completely agree. I mean, um, the fact that there's a number of women increasing in their like majoring in science and technology that just blows my mind. I mean, imagine that for like like 50 years ago, would you guys believe that? I honestly wouldn't. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm really proud of this. Uh, I also remember, like, when Sema first shared this story with us, I was like, yes, this is <laughs> Women something. Women power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, engineers are, uh, nowadays can fuel change, um, even in the environment. Yeah, of course. Uh, concerning the environment, um, according to BBC, there's uh, in Indonesia, like, a, a wet, Wetlands International Project, it's a, it's a charity initiative. Um, began using these these specific dams to restore sediment in the soil that they need to, for trees to grow. So basically, they're creating um, a, a, you know a kind of a situation for for these trees or or specifically mangrove forests, which are um, um, salt tolerant species of trees that exist in in tropical and subtropical areas for for people who are not really clear on that. Um, they live along uh, along coastlines, so they're they're very um, popular. And basically, they're trying to um, fuel this this natural growth and and expansion of these forests because it proves that they their their research proves that these tor- these 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 forests and mangrove forests. Um, will, you know, if they recover naturally, they will eventually create more resilient habitats and they will benefit both wildlife and people. Wow, how I wish that solution could exist in Egypt. I mean, we need all the help we can get uh, for the environment here. True, I completely agree. I feel like, you know, in Egypt, people tend to think, and really anywhere, not just in Egypt, but people tend to think that, hey, I'm just one person, I'm not going to make a change or something, but I feel like, people should really learn more about like group power like if everyone keeps saying hey i'm not going to change the world then the world isn't going to change you know i mean obviously we need to raise more awareness but i think most egyptians are aware enough that we have incredible um potential incredibly bad uh, environment i mean look at the <laughs> air pollution the water pollution and we just need solutions, more solutions. Yeah, well, this this project suggests that this this is an ecological restoration, and it's even more effective than planting programs. So instead of, you know, um, spending so much money and and being you know kind of a, a a debt on governments and 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 people and stuff to plant all these uh, 
these 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 new trees and forests and whatever instead of the ones that have already been destroyed this is a good idea because this shows that you know having a different perspective or a different approach to things can really can really change and you can really discover new things and and eventually you can you know you save these habitats that are that are going to waste and let your environment kind of you know cure itself and restore itself So uh, this is a very efficient and, and effective. Yeah, we definitely need to, a whole new set of mind. We just mm-hmm. need to change the way we deal with everything here in Egypt. Oh. Absolutely. I want to build on something that you said. You said that we need a new set of mind. Like I remember that um, in elementary school, my teachers used to talk to me about global warming. And if it weren't for them, then, hey, I wouldn't be here talking about global warming. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. I feel like maybe this should be implemented in schools as well and uh, maybe even in universities. I agree. We need to start with the youth. Of course. There, there needs to be a new, a new approach to things, the new ideologies to approach the problems that are, that are persistent and they're, they're, they're continuing every day and they're, they're probably even getting worse. So we need to find alternative solutions. Yeah, as cliche as it sounds, but what I think that you just said that, you know, the youth is the future. And as cliche as it sounds, and we all laugh at it, but hey, it's true. I mean, if they don't start, you know, thinking in a different way, then we're never going to make change. Definitely. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, and that concludes today's edition of our roundtable discussion. But coming up next, we'll talk to Dr. Ale Dries about solar energy on the rundown. You're so annoying. You're so annoying. Stop copying stop me. Stop copying me. Mom, tell her to stop copying me. Mom, tell her to stop talking me. Kids will spend 10 minutes copying everything their sibling says. You're such a You're doofus. You're such a doofus. How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. Mom! A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ad Council. And we're back. Uh, thank you for joining us for the interview on The Rundown. I'm Ala Idrini, and joining me today is Professor Ala Idris. Hello. Hi. Uh, from the Department of Petroleum and Energy Engineering at the American University in Cairo. And today we're about to talk about solar energy and uh, alternative forms of, uh, of energy. Professor Ala, uh, welcome to The Rundown. Thank you. Uh, so today's topic, uh, we're, we're focused on, uh, on kind of, you know, the environment and, um, and, you know, how science and technology is kind of advancing to kind of serve the environment. And we're, we're focusing on solar energy and alternative um, forms of, of energy that are more sustainable. Um, how do you think, um, you know, how could you evaluate the, this, this situation now, like in, in Egypt or maybe um, the use of solar energy, for example? All right. I think I think we it's it's obvious and clear to everyone that we do have a, 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 an acute underutilization of the resources we have in alternative energy. Um, well, but let me first explain that alternative energy means alternative today. It was the basic form of energy that we uh, used all the time before oil and gas have been like uh, uh, a discovery. Yes. So it was an alternative energy 150 years ago, the oil itself. But that, that actually the, the wind, the solar and the coal, of course, because it's much older, has been the basic forms of energy that people relied on for their energy supply, for manufacturing and for achieving even their comfort. Like 
like warming and, 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 and making the right temperature for their physical comfort and so on. Uh, today, we have, we are very much dependent and, 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 and relying on the uh, fossil fuels. Yes. And by the way, fossil fuels are forms of solar energy. If this is not clear to people. No, because, it's a new piece of information. Yeah, because because actually what happens is like the solar energy is the form of uh, uh, energy input to make the fossil fuel, but over like geological times, which is mm -hmm. millions of years. Wow. But the uh, end of the day, we, we just got the fossil made by solar energy uh, to begin with. And, 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 and when we talk today about solar energy, we're talking about two forms of it, the direct use, which is the thermal solar and the the, uh, electricity generation through the photovoltaic cells so those yes. are pretty much the the two forms that we've uh, we and everybody else have been striving to bring them back to our life in the form of new technologies and more advanced technologies for collection efficiency ability to use it flexibly and so on so uh, back to your question to what extent we are exploiting this important form of energy I think very very little and and how do you think um, you know that we could approach this differently? All right, it it all starts with some form of legislation because mm -hmm. uh, we know and it's well established that the solar energy is still an expensive uh, form of energy in a relative sense, and it's of course it's coming along. Things are improving. Material science is getting much more advanced, so it's offering us better collection efficiency for mirrors and collectors. We are we now know how to make trackers so that we utilize the 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 sun as it moves around us. So those are uh, the technology that brings more efficiency to the whole equation of, uh, of, uh, of solar energy usage. Uh, but there is still a need for uh, putting legislation that encourage uh, energy generators, whether those are sort of like uh, uh, investors or communities that wants to rely on solar energy for their uh, demand and need. We still need to, to offer them a proper legislative framework so that they do that. And uh, there, are, there is a little bit of that that uh, have took place in, in, in the last year or so uh, of having uh, sort of like the uh, the the buy agreement uh, between investors and uh, the government for feeding the grid with their uh, surplus energy supply yeah. or surplus power supply in, uh, let's say and uh, but the utilization of that still have lots of hurdles and issues and problems which are supposed to be uh, ironed out over the time so you think this this is what um, governments uh, in the Middle East or Egypt uh, can can work towards um, at this point in in the coming yeah, years? When, yeah, when we talk legislation, it has to be government. When we talk investment, it has to be people and and private sector and, and government can do that too. Uh, when we talk technology, it's everybody because. Uh, whatever the solar energy devices and inventions that are pretty much commercialized and being used now, uh, there is a certain specificity for every geographical location. So uh, for us here in Egypt, yes, we do have like an abundance of solar energy coming to us every day. We are not utilizing one over a billion of what we, of what we get. Uh, yet in order to have an effective and economic utilization, the technology itself 
tailored to our conditions needs to be there tailored to the sand and the cleaning of the mirror so that the efficiency of it doesn't get affected or hurt by the deposits and so on so there is still a, a work of technology enhancement and improvement we don't have to invent any new devices we just need to customize devices for our conditions I think that's a very good point because um, most people talk about solar energy over the media or or when the government speak about it and you know initiatives to probably for for investors to to invest in this in this um, area um, they always say that this is more efficient but however is it really more efficient if we don't have the right tools or can it become a burden you know, yeah I, it's it, it all comes with the vision like the the energy vision of the country uh, and to what extent you want to keep relying on fossil fuels and what kind of security and sovereignty you have for the fossil fuels uh, we, we we usually address uh, energy efficiency from the point of view of security reliability and sovereignty especially mm -hmm. in communities and nations yes. so the every nation has its own vision and strategic plan for how to become self-sufficient how to become controlling technologies how to become controlling manufacturing of components and spare parts and so on so I, I can't really tell whether it is a burden or uh, it is an opportunity uh, but I'm definitely much more inclined to uh, seeing it as an opportunity rather than a burden because all the shortcomings of the technology uh, of, or, or the, the utilization efficiencies uh, is a matter of time to resolve and it's a matter of an R&D effort to put into that. Okay. And and what what are some of your suggestions at this point to, uh, to kind of um, educate the public or for people to understand that um, we have a, a problem, an environmental problem right now, um, maybe because of fo fossil fuels or whatever, and and kind of focusing it to, to Egypt. What, what do you think? What do you propose? Uh, there, there's no one prescription, but let's think together. I mean, uh, does public realize that there is an environmental issue that we have? Yeah, they feel it. It's affecting their health. We are burning a lot of fossil within yes. like Greater Cairo area, which is one of the most polluting, polluted uh, uh, areas mm -hmm. uh, worldwide. It's like sort of like ranked, and uh, but they don't really see beyond that. They see it as uh, an a problem and as an issue, and they always complain why people are not doing something about this and so on, and governments and stuff. Uh, we we need to be, to do a lot more education for people to realize that uh, whatever the burn and I can see that there is a media uh, campaign yes. about that uh, yes. that has been actually I, I see it as a very strong campaign by the mm -hmm. way because it's almost everywhere it's unipools it's like uh, outdoors and it's like radio and it's TV and so on so I, I like that because I think this will will impact the the, the way people are using power uh, but this is only part of the problem, which is, means burn less fossil fuels, right? Mm. So this is good. But uh, um, to in order to replace the fossil with an alternative, like wind and solar, for instance, this needs a lot more than just like the, uh, the education and the, the awareness. Uh, it needs institutions. It needs specific uh, research institutions and technology commercialization uh, initiatives and encouraging entrepreneurs to work in this area, really encourage them with incentive plans and, and so on. And... Uh, 
tax holidays and there is a lot uh, around sort of like making this to happen there's a lot uh, to be done on both legislative level and also on uh, incentive plans all right it sounds it sounds like a like a good a good uh, way to, to approach this problem and i hope that eventually people will start to realize the the importance of this uh, of this issue and how it impacts their daily lives and maybe uh, start a change hopefully so i hope so yeah. um dr ale thank you so much for being You're with us welcome. thank you that concludes today's interview on the rundown i'd like to thank our guest professor ale idris from the Department of Petroleum and Energy Engineering at the American University in Cairo. Stay with us. Coming up in our last segment on Another View, we'll talk to Ahmed Akadoumi about solar energy and alternative solutions. And that's coming up next on The Rundown. We reached out to a student, um, Ahmed Akadoumi, and he's a petroleum engineering Major and he goes to Kuwait University. Hello, Ahmed. Uh, hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm fine. Um, so today's topic is uh, solar energy, and I want to know what you think of that. It's becoming a lot more accessible, cheaper. So what's your opinion on that? Uh, so I've heard, um, as a petroleum engineer, I am very aware of the fact that, like, in due time, petroleum is going to come to an end. And uh, so far, solar energy does seem to be the most prominent solution to our energy needs at the moment. Um, so there are advantages and disadvantages to solar energy. Uh, with time, it's obviously the technology is getting better and more efficient. Uh, but one of the biggest problems I could foresee at the moment is the high maintenance cost when uh, the solar energy fields are in are in large are bigger than like a, like a few kilometers squared. So yeah. like the bigger they get, the, highest, the higher the maintenance costs uh, are. Yeah, so you think that's that a setback? That is a problem. Hmm. Hmm? You think it's a setback? Uh, yeah, I do think it's a problem for now, but like I'm pretty sure with due, in due time it is gonna, like the, the maintenance costs and the efficiency are gonna become better with time. And how do you but think like we can? <laughs> how do you how do you think we can relate that to the to the Middle East or maybe to life in Kuwait? Um, that's actually very a very good question. So the Middle East is known for its uh, heat. Let's say we have a huge amount of uh, sunlight during the day. We have long uh, days, like uh, at least half the year. So, and all the solar energy goes to waste. So if we we're able to utilize it in the Middle East, we would actually do ourselves a favor on the long run. It might be expensive at the beginning to set, it, uh, set up the solar energy fields and whatnot, but on the long run, it will be very uh, economical, I must say. And, and what ways do you think we can kind of adapt to that movement towards uh, the use of solar energy or solar panels or whatever? Uh, I believe, like, uh, in due time, uh, we should move to using electric cars as opposed to uh, as opposed to gasoline-powered car, uh, gasoline cars. Mm. Uh, one second, sorry. Uh, as opposed to gasoline-powered cars. And, like, they should basically root out those uh, cars, like, little by little from the market yeah. as the years pass. Yeah. Uh, to where it comes from, sort of, like, 50-50. And... By then, when enough people use electric cars, 
uh, I feel like the government will realize like it is about time we start moving on to another energy source. Yeah, and maybe they can uh, they can start to implement it maybe in like public transport or whatever. And uh, uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, whether it's public transport, whether it's for powering uh, public utilities, maybe portable, uh, like those portable restaurants, portable bathrooms, pretty much anything that's exposed to the sun for long enough. Yeah. Well, Ahmed, uh, um, do you have anything else you yeah. want to say? Tell me. Go ahead. Anything else? Um, I will say this. Uh, like, it's kind of, kind of shameful to see the how, like, countries with not as much solar like exposure to the solar energy somehow figured out how to utilize it for us but like I feel in due time we will uh, reach that level and be able to utilize the energy given hopefully Ahmed uh, thank hopefully, you so much Allah. thank you so much for being with us and um, oh, I appreciate this Join the rundown next time when we talk about arts and entertainment. I'm Al Adrini. Thank you for listening.